What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Chapter 203 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, a big hunking heap of QAnon news episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. This week, we're going to go over a set of things that range from tragic to absurd to predictable. We'll cover a recent murder link to QAnon, the storming of a Dairy Queen, uh, which for the international audience, is a fast food place. The FBI intercepting MyPillow's Mike Lindell at a Hardee's, which is also another fast food food place. place. And the fizzling out of the Durham investigation, which Q followers had hoped and were led to believe would produce arrests. Obviously, it sucks for all of us that reality is now written by Jake himself and that we all exist as figments and extensions of his imagination but I personally just hope he starts writing more joyful stories where I'm still in my early 30s, his podcast does not exist, and my dick works. Now, because Travis wrote this episode, he won't be starting with jokes like me. He's going to start with the grim stuff. Well, yeah, I think it's really important to cover, I mean, what really, I mean, got me interested in QAnon is the realization that it was becoming increasingly popular and um, increasingly dangerous. So I think it's important to start with uh, the continuing damage that these conspiracy theories are doing. And uh, the first one is uh, another QAnon-connected killing. And uh, Alex Kaplan over at Media Matters said that this was the seventh to date. You know, I remember back in um, 2019, we were talking about the case of Anthony Camello, uh, who was like the first QAnon killer. And that was crazy to me, but it just hasn't stopped since. So this latest act of violence occurred in the town of Wald Lake, Michigan. The sheriff's office say that they were informed of the incident after a 911 call placed at 4.11 a.m. on the morning of September 11th. In that call, a 25-year-old woman stated that she had just been shot by her father. Officers arrived at the scene and were fired upon by a Remington pump-action shotgun wielded by a 53-year-old man named Robert Lannis. A sheriff's deputy returned fire, killing Lannis. The woman who was shot was taken to the hospital where she is currently in stable condition. Inside the home, officers discovered the body of the wife of Robert Lannis, who was shot dead. The family dog was also shot dead. Yeah. Mere hours after this incident, and before it was reported by the local news media, uh, the other daughter of Robert Landis, Rebecca Landis, made a post on the QAnon Casualties subreddit explaining what happened. That post is headlined, My Q Dad Snapped and Killed My Family This Morning. And here's what it says. Yep, the internet ruined him. Growing up, my parents were extremely loving and happy people. I always had a special bond with both my parents. In 2020, after Trump lost, my dad started going down the Q rabbit hole. He kept reading conspiracy theories about the stolen election, Trump, vaccines, etc. He always said he wanted to keep us safe and healthy. It kept getting worse and he verbally snapped at us a few times. Nothing physical, though. He never got physical with anybody. Well, at around 4 a.m. on September 11th, he had had an argument with my mother and he decided to take our guns and shoot her, my dog, and my sister. My mother succumbed to her wounds, and my sister is in the hospital right now. My dad also fired back at the cops, and they killed him. I'm shocked, and I don't even know what to say. Fuck you, QAnon. I hope the FBI tightens its grip on you and that your lackeys rot in prison and hell for poisoning so many people. Really horrible stuff. Yeah, unspeakably horrible. Um, 
an interview that Rebecca Landis did with Will Sommer, the Daily Beast, uh, she said that her father started going down the QAnon rabbit hole after Trump lost the election in 2020. And I think that's kind of an interesting detail because it means that he got into these QAnon conspiracy theories after basically all the drops were already posted. It's been been going for a while. It seems like he really got radicalized by Stop the Steal stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All those motherfuckers. All those smirking motherfuckers. Is is aggravating. You know, it's what what's really sad about this is that, you know, for these motherfuckers it's just another political machination or whatever, you know, Q believes it is. But the reality is that there's a lot of people out there suffering from anything from, from mental illness to, you know, kind of like poverty, loss of job, deaths in the family due to COVID. There's all these like incredibly vulnerable minds right now in America. And when they go off the deep end, these motherfuckers are there to like feed their craziest fantasies, you know, their their most like kind of bloodthirsty revenge fantasies, but also to feed them fake bullshit that's going to make them angrier and angrier and believe that there's like this true massive injustice happening. And, you know, obviously there are massive injustices happening, but these are not them, you know? Donald Trump fucking losing the election is not them. Babies being consumed for their adrenochrome is not them. None of these things are real. And I think it's basically, you know, creating a situation in which, you know, there's like a kind of angry thing to latch onto for people who are frustrated perhaps by other things and end up uh, in a poor, you know, mental health state. And that is so fucking dark and grim. And I hope all these motherfuckers look down at their hands and see blood because it's on them. Yeah, that's this is the always thing that's always shocked me is the degree to which the people who are pushing the stuff, like knowingly, the people who are spreading disinformation because it's part of because it's you know for political gain or they think it's part of their information warfare uh, or whatever. They really don't care about the human toll, <laughs> the, the wake of broken lives and deaths and tragedy it leaves in its wake. They, they can excuse all of that because they think, because they imagine that whatever they're doing is so just. It's just, it's just horrifying cruelty. And obviously, you know, this is uh, an extremely tragic and violent case, but there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands more out there who are just completely alienated from their families and maybe they'll never move to violence, but their life is in tatters, and they're kind of like a shell of their former selves. So I, I really hope that the people out there who are pushing this bullshit, um, yeah, well, enough said. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucked up because it's like, we, yeah, this has been happening. This has been going on for, you know, four plus years. So it's like, is anybody going to be held accountable in any sort of way for, you know, what this has done to, you know, uh, so many families across the United States and in other parts of the world? Uh, Where is the it's just broken window policy for fucking corruption and politicians waging useless wars? Where is the stop the small crimes so that the big crimes don't happen? Because we are so out of hand at this point. And the human misery generated by the lack of accountability in this country means that, yeah, this is like small potatoes in terms of lack of accountability. But it is the result of just everybody getting away with everything for so fucking long at the top 
You know, meanwhile, if you're at the bottom, oh, you're in fucking jail. Like the incarceration rate shows that there is no uh, level of kind of forgiveness and getting away uh, with it for petty crime. And yet, of course, the news is fixated on this bullshit. All you hear now is about how these petty crimes are happening everywhere and the American cities are unsafe. Fuck you. Fuck you. Where is the fucking jail sentences and, and fucking accountability and ruining of lives for these motherfuckers at the top who've been getting away with this shit for decades, years, eating away at people's trust and understanding of reality. Yeah, to them, a case like this murder is like an un, an unpleasant side effect of like the the you know what they believe is part of their their greater the greater good or the greater uh, agenda. You know, it's like this QAnon shit is not hard to find anymore. It's all it, it, you know if you are on any social media platform, if you are following anybody political on the right, you are eventually going to stumble upon somebody who is either parroting QAnon talking points. Or they are linking you to somebody who is a, a further right uh, conspiracist uh, influencer. I mean, and, you know, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's like you have these algorithms that are pushing people towards it as well. So if you have a, a group of people who are upset or they're angry or uh, they're looking they're looking for a place to to um, re-up their their rage, it, it is being like handed to them, you know, on a silver platter. And yeah. all of these circumstances, you know. No, it, this is this has been going on. This is just another. This is just another notch on the belt of of a family completely destroyed by right wing conspiratism, QAnon, and all and 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 everything under that umbrella. I think that collateral damage is such a useful way to think of where the United States is at this point, because everybody wants what they want and they don't give a shit about the collateral damage, whether it's, you know, civilian lives lost in like useless military incursions or, you know, people attacked because like they, you know, the, the right wanted to spread fucking hatred about a specific like subgroup of people, you know, leading into the election, you know, just the, the, the constant unending grotesque violence rain down uh, upon people in this country has completely numbed us all to anything. I mean, I, I think we really are kind of becoming the walking dead. And like this kind of stuff and the stuff we cover, if anything, is marginalia. Like, does it represent the the macro? Yes, of course. Um, but it, it just makes me furious about what we accept in this country. Just just the toll of of no health uh, insurance for people, the toll of of no support uh, for families falling into to poverty, that the toll obviously of like endless military conquest, and the toll of of no accountability for politicians, people at the top, people who are so rich that are just allowed to spread the biggest garbage lies you've ever fucking heard, and. Sometimes sending us to war on the back of them, sometimes just poisoning people's minds because they need to win a specific election, sometimes just getting back at their perceived enemies. Just madness, madness, madness. It makes me furious. Rebecca Lannis, the woman who made that Reddit post, um, made a GoFundMe to help with her sister's medical bills and to help her uh, get back on her feet. And we'll go ahead and throw that link in the show notes for anyone who wants to help them out. Now, that, uh, that is, is the most horrific recent incident related to conspiracist violence, but it's not the only one. Uh, there was another incident that was reported by David Gilbert at Vice News. 
In Pennsylvania, a 61-year-old man named Jan Stowowy stormed a Dairy Queen with a loaded handgun. During the incident, he claimed he was going to, quote, kill all the Democrats because Trump was still president. When police confronted him, he claimed he talked to God and was a prophet who was working undercover with the Pennsylvania State Police on a drug sting operation. He also told police officers that he was working to restore Trump as president, according to an affidavit that was reviewed by the local TV station WTAJ. A little inconsistent, you know. Trump is simultaneously president and is going to restore Trump as president. Why started a Dairy Queen? I mean, that that's that's the biggest tragedy here is like nothing connects. None of the perceptions that these people have connect to anything. We're just floating through this miasma of bullshit. Like we have to deal with a story that's legit awful and insane. And it's like, oh, Dairy Queen. Oh, God, the storming of a Dairy Queen. How are we supposed to take any of it seriously? All right. Yeah, I mean, so Stowovi, he was arrested and uh, uh, police found two more loaded handguns in his car, along with 62 rounds of ammo. He's facing uh, like multiple felony charges, including making terroristic threats and uh, carrying a concealed firearm without a license. The other element is that you were talking about how absurd this is. He did this action while wearing a clown wig. So that was reported. He was wearing a clown wig while this was going on. Okay, I'm sorry sorry for laughing, but what the fuck do we even cover on this podcast? This isn't even marginal. This shit is just every day in the news in America now. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Stowovi has a Facebook page and provides some more insight into his conspiracist thinking. Uh, He posted some QAnon link videos referencing the Great Awakening and the deep state plots to deny Trump the presidency. Uh, He also shared posts from a number of high-profile figures within the QAnon community, like uh, former Trump lawyer Lynn Wood and the evangelical pastor Greg Locke. You know, what's really interesting is on his Facebook page, he also posted two letters from two different pastors asking Stuovi to stop attending their churches due to his disturbing behavior. One of these letters from one of these pastors says, quote, over the past few weeks, your outbursts and elevated actions, along with other conversations, warrant this letter. The other letter says, your clown costume and full makeup frightened many of our congregants. We cannot allow you to return to church dressed in costume again. Dude. So he he Dude. went full Joker. This is I don't know. What to, I don't know what this. I don't know what to what say. It's not it's not funny. But why why does it have to have funny elements? It makes it worse because the whole thing is predicated on stupidity. It's it's stupid that the internet is a place where something like QAnon could even thrive. Uh, it's stupid that the uh, former president of the United States and many people uh, in his cabinet and closed circle uh, then boosted this stu- this stupid thing that was allowed to grow on the internet. It's just it, it it's it's birthed it's 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 a puddle of mosquito eggs in a swamp and and it's just you know, it's bubbling up and biting people and it's itching. Yeah, just Popcorn kernels just fucking going off as the the oil heats under the entire thing. Yeah. And you know what? I was wrong. There is a social safety net in America. If you're fucking mentally ill and going off the deep end, there's a perfect... In fact, it's the spider web. You fall into it, you're caught in it, and it connects out to like a million insane things that thousands and tens of thousands of people will support you in your belief of. And you go completely insane. Clown, a clown, a clown. He dressed as a clown. He went to church as a clown. 
Oh, my head. He stormed a Dairy Queen. Oh. Now, while all of this is going on, uh, Trump continues to amplify QAnon accounts on the social media network Truth Social. This includes fuck a you, recent President, retruthing of an fuck. image of uh, Donald Trump wearing a Q pin and the text, the storm is coming, where we go one, we go all. So, I mean, this is like, a, I think even more explicit than anything he sort of amplified when he still has Twitter account. And he has to. He has to, because these are the only people who fervently support him anymore. Sorry, well, if if you were if you were a non like Q you know a non Q pilled uh, Republican, uh, y- you know the de- the the current version of the Democrats like aren't all that bad. You know what I mean? Like like who else does Donald Trump have to lean on for that undying support anymore? Yeah, just be a nice Reaganite and join the Democratic yes. Party. <laughs> or I guess At least get you're not dressed gonna... as a fucking clown. Yeah, it's it. Th- yeah, here are your fucking choices. Yeah, you can become a nice a nice Reaganite and you know reach across the aisle, or you can be dressed as a clown, scaring your church members, and then eventually uh, uh, doing ISIS in a fucking Dairy Queen. Other options? <laughs> nothing. 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 There's nothing else. We made sure of it. There's no other <laughs> options, Jake. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Of course, uh, QAnon followers are very happy that, you know, that Trump is being so open about the support of QAnon, at least QAnon content on Truth Social. Uh, The man formerly known as QAnon John said this on Telegram. Just in case it wasn't abundantly clear at this point, President Trump himself is making it undeniable that he is 100 percent aligning with the Q operation. The Q operation, by the way, is uh, a pair of chopsticks they shove up your nose and scramble your frontal lobe with. (laughs) That's the Q operation. And everyone's getting it. Yeah, it's very popular in the 50s and in the types of hospitals that that are shut down now. But it's back. Now, the actual home of Q, 8-Coon, has been having some uptime problems recently. This seems to be related to the fact that one of uh, Jim Watkins' service providers, VanWatech, took on Kiwi Farms, the harassment site, as a, as a client. They're maybe a little bit too overloaded to handle both 8-Coon and Kiwi Farms. But 8-Coon um, owner Jim Watkins referenced this, these problems during a live stream that was noticed by Karma 2022. Akun's been having some problems for a while, and so I'm doing some upgrades and trying to fix things, and hopefully we'll be back online better than ever shortly. And I expect lots of problems over the course of time, until at least January. Uh, We wouldn't be such a target if we weren't important, and... We're important for the right reasons that things have become good against evil these days. So be on the good guy's side. Do what you can. And we'll try to be back up sometime today. Be on the good guy's side, he says, as he whacks his microphone with his elbow. It's like, it's incredible that he thinks of Aidkun as anything but a porto potty that is overflowing so that people who need to take a shit are just sitting in shit when they try to sit down. <laughs> Fuck you, Jim. Yeah, he says that, I mean, he says that he claims that it will, Aidkun will continue to have problems until January. It seems, um, I mean, I don't know. You know, Aidkun, 8chan has been down a couple times before, but. 
That's a that's a long time for an outage. God, if you're out there, strike this man with lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Smite this man, please. Now, while all that is happening, there's actually some news about the John Durham investigation. So if you recall, uh, this was the investigation into the investigation into Trump regarding Russian interference. And a lot of QAnon followers put a lot of stock in it. In fact, the second to last Q drop in 2020 was just a single word, Durham. There was this big belief that John Durham's going to get to the bottom of all the corruption that led poor Donald Trump being unjustly investigated for so long. And uh, they thought that basically this would this would uh, lead to Durham going all the way to the top. They discovered that Comey and Obama were all in on it and they were all collaborated and Durham was, was going to bring them down. But according to a recent New York Times report, it's actually uh, kind, of, kind of going to end with a whimper. So here's here's what it says. Mr. Durham appears to be winding down his three-year inquiry without anything close to the results Mr. Trump was seeking. The grand jury that Mr. Durham has recently used to hear evidence has expired, and while he could convene another, there are currently no plans to do so, three people familiar with the matter said. Mr. Durham and his team are working to complete a final report by the end of the year, they said, and one of the lead prosecutors on his team is leaving for a job with a prominent law firm. So, off, off to bigger and better pastures. Over the yeah. course of his inquiry, Mr. Durham has developed cases against two people accused of lying to the FBI in relation to outside efforts to investigate purported Trump-Russia ties, but he has not charged any conspiracy or put any high-level officials on trial. I mean, what is there to say? A fucking Russian doll of stupid investigations. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I got to admit, I'm a little surprised. I thought that at the very least, because, you know, Durham was kind of made out to be this, uh, you know, both both in, in different ways by the right and the left, uh, you know, you know, the right was like, oh, he's going to expose everything. And then, you know, you have your liberals that are like, oh, well, he's going to bring all of these phony charges to muddy the waters and and create propaganda, uh, you, you know, so people can point to the trial and say, Here, here's the evidence of crime. But he didn't do any of that. He, he you know, he went after two low level, uh, you know, lying to the FBI's. I believe both of those cases were, you know, dismissed by the court. Not, there was no real trial for anything. And so he did it. He, he, A, a disappointment on both levels because he a didn't bring the you know the massive sweeping uh, uh, arrests that um, you know QAnon uh, sort of implied that he would and b he didn't create these sort of like circus trials uh, you know to muddy the waters and cloud the media sphere with with um, you know some kangaroo court shit so a failure on all on all levels and boring and. Nothing and just just nothing after uh, after all of that. Yep, yeah, yeah. Just uh, tragic, uh, then stupid, then uh, a blank space that uh, cannot be perceived. This is this is what we bring you today. Yeah, but yet yet another example of reality being just uh, as tepid and as boring and as middling uh, as it can be compared to the what the promises and, and the threats uh, uh, you, you know sort of promised. So before we move on in this episode, I just wanted to let everybody know about our upcoming live dates. We've had some really uh, great times in Portland, Seattle, and Eugene. Coming up on October 2nd, we'll be in San Diego. On October 4th, we'll be in Berkeley. On October 6th, we'll be in Phoenix. On October 8th, we'll be in Denver. On the 10th, Austin. The 18th, Los Angeles. And then in November... We'll be in Philadelphia on the 12th, 
Brooklyn on the 14th, Washington on the 15th, Toronto on the 18th, Chicago on the 20th, and Minneapolis on November 21st. Go get your tickets. I know some of these dates are nearing selling out, so get them while you can. And uh, you can find all of that at tour.qanonanonymous.com. And if you want to support us, I'm also going to plug the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash qanonanonymous. For that, you will get access to all of our limited series and all of our Patreon episodes, one of which comes out for every main episode. It was a real pleasure uh, meeting everybody at the shows. Uh, yeah. You all are wonderful, interesting people. There was even another Jake there. We had a uh, we had the two Jakes, which was which That's was great. Um, so I look. You guys kissed on the mouth. We did. Uh, it was great, and um, I think did you you got a picture of that right? Oh, I got more than a picture. Good, 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 good. Yeah, and we'll be putting that out on and my sorry, only fans. Jake. <laughs> my Jake on Jake only fans, where I cover all Jake on Jake uh, activity. <laughs> Anyways, come out. It would be great to see all of you. Yes, we can't wait. Now, one thing I do want to say is that although this show is grim and filled with both empty promises and empty threats and, and kernels real, of madness threats and popping real violence, off yeah. on a on a micro level yeah it's the it's the macro threats that are ridiculous and then the micro threats are basically just people going insane and either growing violent or listless so uh, but the live show is not going to be uh, anything like that we're trying to bring you uh, a much more fun topic about reptilians and we also cover some local you know kind of conspiracy stuff usually and Jake has been working on a trilogy of mm -hmm. stories, the first of which will be coming out soon on the podcast now that uh, we're done performing it. But yeah, come check us out and, uh, you know, let's hang out. Uh, we we put Jake in a cage and lower him into the fans after the show. <laughs> and so, Which I love. I requested that, yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. It's in my rider. He'll shake hands uh, a, and we've muzzled shark, him. So he cannot, he cannot bite. The cage is actually for for you, your protection. <laughs> All right, let's move along with this uh, madness, Travis. Tell us, tell us what's next on this buffet of oddities and dog shit. So, while the Durham investigation is winding down, it seems as though that the investigation into Trump's associates is heating up. Uh, oh, the walls are closing. <laughs> the walls are closing in. I mean, they kind of are. I mean, yeah, yeah they, this time, this time we're going to get them. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> it was reported that about 40 subpoenas were issued to uh, associates of President Trump. Most notably was the one issued to Mike Lindell. So FBI agents recently seized the phone of pillow entrepreneur and conspiracy theory spreader Mike Lindell. Uh, this was reportedly done as part of a federal investigation into an alleged breach of voting machines in Colorado. Agents served Lindell with a search warrant and a grand jury subpoena in the drive through area of a Hardee's restaurant in Mankato, Minnesota. Uh, uh, yes, hello. <laughs> I would like uh, one superstar with cheese. Uh, one, uh, uh, one order of onion rings with uh, a side of ranch, please. Uh, actually, we know what he ordered. And yeah, it we was actually, the, yeah, thanks to the intrepid yeah. reporting of Daily Beast reporter Zachary Petrizo, we know oh, that his what order we got? was a mushroom Swiss cheeseburger and a chocolate milkshake. At which point the person who was supposed to hand him the bag was in an FBI suit <laughs> and <laughs> popped out the fucking drive-thru window and said, you've been yeah, served. Right? 
You're right. The way he does, he, he opened up his Hardy's bag, reached in, pulled out a document, and then the, the drive through person said, You've been served. He's like, Wait a minute. I asked for the mushroom Swiss, not any of these uh, paper clip papers together with my name all over them. He opens it. It's like uh, obviously like oil stained. And then uh, he's like, Oh, but then he looks under it and all the food is there. And he's like, Ah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he tosses it aside. <laughs> I'll deal with those later. Right now, I can't wait to take a bite of this mushroom Swiss. Not a bad choice, I got to say. I wouldn't yeah, go with the chocolate milkshake order. with it. I, w- I think a nice cold Coke would go well with the mushroom Swiss burger, but yeah, that's just me. All of this just sounds like a recipe for diarrhea to me. It's nuts. You know, out of curiosity, I checked out the dying options in that town of Mankato um, because... You know, Mike Lindell's reportedly worth like nine figures. You know, he could eat anywhere. For example, there's a a well-reviewed steakhouse called Number 4 American Bar and Kitchen where he could have ordered a prime beef filet covered in saute mushrooms and a mile-high chocolate cream cake. That sounds very nice. But he Mm. went with the fast food. You know, he really is a regular guy who just got filthy rich. Yeah, he's just another Jake, man, you know, and and this country is full of them, Travis, and yeah. we're, we don't give a shit about yeah. your fucking steak dining options. What are you, yeah, Yelp the last, for rich people? Yeah, the, Get I real, mean, Travis. The, <laughs> the last thing that Mike Lindell did with his phone before it was seized by federal agents was look up restaurants near me, and he saw <laughs> he saw the number four steakhouse with the with the mushroom sirloin, and then he saw Hardee's and went, Wah. he he oh, saw that he Hardee's was like, looks good. He was like sort by rating and pressed it twice. He's like, and he was like, this, this is the <laughs> lowest rated place. He was like Hardee's, Hardee's, uh, yo yeah, this is the uh, Midwest version of uh, Carl's Jr., which is true. Hardee's, Carl Jr., same same thing. Okay. Good to know. Right, Travis? Yes. Verify? No, it's Fact true. check? Yeah, yeah that's true. Even that I know true. that's true. But my real question is, like, why the hell the parking lot of a Hardee's and not, like, at his home? Are the feds just trailing him everywhere? And then when he pulled off to get lunch, like, okay, now's our opportunity. Let's get the phone. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the feds were like, let's do let's do this in the most embarrassing place because that's going to be be- that's gonna be great news. And then with the great news also comes, you know, the information. That uh, that we're looking into this guy. Yeah, they could have done it when he while he was like taking a shit or something. Yeah, and it's like Mike Lindell served with his pants down at the <laughs> gas station. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was like the most opportune place. His car was stopped. It also would have been embarrassing for him. It'd be a funny news story. Mike Lindell's kind of a funny character, so this fits that he's at a fast food joint. You know, at the drive-through window, ordering a burger. You know, it's it it or, all lines up. Or the FBI also wanted to eat at Hardee's, and they're like, "This is our chance." Yeah, that's another good. That's We're another both good headed point. to Harvey's. If I was on that FBI team and and Hard- Hardee's and and I and I and we knew that the predictive GPS uh, location uh, was taking them to a Hardee's, I'd yeah. be like, "Fuck yeah, I, I'd I'd get something." Yeah. We should conduct all further field operations at fast food places and just interview whoever comes through and hopefully it'll make a decent episode. Nothing more American than that. We can hang out and smoke cigarettes in the Hardy's parking lot dumpster area. Yeah, of course. Loitering, my favorite crime. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a clip here of Mike Lindell himself describing the incident. FBI, uh, you're going to hear this and you're probably already hearing in the news. The FBI came after me and took my phone. They surrounded me at a Hardee's and uh, took my phone. I run all my business, everything with. Um, um, They could have just, what they've done is weaponize the FBI. Um, 
It's disgusting. I don't have a computer. Everything I do, have that phone, everything was on there. And uh, um, and they told me not to tell anybody. Here's an order. Not to, don't tell anybody. Okay, I won't. <laughs> well, oh, I am. God. So. Dude, he's holding up the order. Oh, my God. Idiot. Oh, my God. And way to bury the lead here, by the way, which is that Mike Lindell does not have a computer. Also, there's a Christian radio (laughs) radio in the background. background. It's like, God damn. Imagine having such a low attention span that you're like, listen, I'm going to go against the FBI orders and record a video, but I cannot possibly pause this radio because I need my head to be filled with static from 800 sources. Otherwise, I'm not slowly becoming schizophrenic. (laughs) Now, what I thought was really wild, I think a weird side of our dystopia, is that the Hardy's social media team, they went right to work and they did a promo that was inspired by this incident. Uh, So the Hardy's uh, Twitter account said, if you still have a phone, get a free breakfast biscuit in our app for my rewards oh. members. Type in <laughs> Hardee's at mypillow.com for 20% off. This is based on my recent arrest at Hardee's. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> who gives a shit anymore? Just it's just the yeah. total collapse of like entertainment and politics and uh the legal system and commerce. Yes. Just everything yes. is just the yes. same. Yes, because yes, you have the nihilistic zoomers who are running the social media accounts. So that you know, that's a fucking that's a good tweet. I saw that tweet and I went pretty funny. Travis, you just described the four walls of American society, and yes, the house has collapsed. All the walls are now flat on top of each other. Now, this incident is kind of intriguing to me because it concerns actions by one-time Colorado election official Tina Peters. And if you recall, Tina Peters took sensitive voting machine information and photos and stuff that was eventually leaked to Ron Watkins. And then Ron Watkins and Tina Peters both showed up at Mike Lindell's cyber symposium last year. Which means that if the FBI is looking into Tina Peters' breach of voting system information, then they're also almost certainly looking into Ron Watkins' involvement in that incident. And I'm not suggesting he did anything criminal per se, but, you know, it just, um, the FBI is looking into an incident that Ron Watkins had some significant involvement in. I'm suggesting he's done everything criminal. Name <laughs> one criminal thing he hasn't done. It's also intriguing that around the same time that we're finding out about this investigation, that Ron, uh, you know, has uh, fled the country. He's, he's <laughs> gone to a place where Hardys don't exist. Yeah, yeah. Too bad. He's going to miss out on that fucking portobello cheese. <laughs> it's going to be called the My- They're going to rename it the Lindell Special. Mm. It's going to come with a, uh, you know, like a, ha- a phone Happy Meal, you know, a little oh plastic phone. Oh, my God. Don't speak things into existence, Jake. We're seeing the effect of you saying anything or imagining anything or being creative. Yeah. Look, look what you've done to this country. Yeah. Yeah, I was... I was surprised that um, literally, literally in the story for the live show, the last the last thing you see of Mike Lindell is him trying to make one final phone call on his phone. And um, and then here we are a couple days later, phone seized, Um, you know, wasn't exact prediction, but spiritually it was pretty in the same ballpark. Carpe cellulare seized the phone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not the only thing that uh, I think that uh, Jake has spoken into existence. Now, we, we've been talking about Michael Flynn on this on this show for many years. In fact, uh, you, back in 2019, you created a character called Florida Flynn. Correct. Don't remember this. And so 
Florida Flynn has become real because, um, yeah, Flynn has basically gone to Florida in order to influence the elections there. So like we've talked before, like a big part of Flynn's philosophy is like, you know, local action, national impact. He encourages his fanatical followers to get involved in local community issues. This has led to a lot of weirdness. For example, some of the most deranged school district meetings ever captured on video. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently, Mike Flynn got into the local action himself by being elected to the Republican Executive Committee in Sarasota County, Florida. Flynn discussed his election on a recent episode of Bannon's podcast, War Room. I am going to continue to push this message of local action, national impact. And now I, now I want to be able to tell people when they say, when somebody says, well, are you doing, what are you doing specifically? I'm gonna, I am now part of the Republican uh, Executive Committee for the uh, Sarasota GOP. And I also uh, am volunteering to be a poll watcher in the upcoming elections here in, in, uh, in particularly in this county, in the state of Florida. Oh, good. So, a poll watcher? Oh goody. Right. oh goody! Oh goody! A demented, uniform. a demented ex fucking uh, uh, general and and uh, you know head of the DIA is going to be looking over your shoulder, going, <laughs> you know, did you fill in the bubble correct, boy? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boy, you're only allowed to use blue or or <laughs> black ink. I'm going to have to take away your ballot, stuff yeah. it into my undercarriage. God damn it. Yeah. What yeah. So he's getting like fuck? personally involved in overseeing elections. This is what the, the shit I was really worried about with like um, both him and like the weird true the vote campaign, the 2000 mule stuff, like all of these people who are as uh, just absolute conspiracists as Flynn, who don't who don't believe that the 2000 uh, the 2020 election was legitimate, uh, take up roles overseeing election being poll watchers. And of course, they're going to wind up harassing voters. It's good. I mean, I'm really oh. concerned about this how smoothly this upcoming election is going to uh, be in, in November, because I have a feeling that there might be more confrontations than usual at the ballot box. I would like him to get personally involved with a very steep set of stairs and fall <laughs> down them in a very cartoonish way that nonetheless <laughs> and leads to his fucking brain <laughs> and he is in Minecraft. That's what you've been just telling me about your Minecraft level. That was interesting. No. That was a real. No, I am levying it at up, former Julian. General Michael Flynn. No, no. I want him to. All right. Horrible Come way. on. No, this man no. has had too much coffee. This is all going to get bleeped. Uh, uh, there's no bleeping available. <laughs> I'm all out of bleeps, and uh, unfortunately, we ran out last week. And no. Michael Flynn. No, I've ordered some. It's a extra, real thing that I've, I want to do. I've ordered some extra bleeps on. Boo- Amazon.com and um, <laughs> is that nword.com? No, it's what? not. No, Jake, that's also you... boobs.com. What? <laughs> what is the? <laughs> I wish, I wish that I was a, a Sarasota, uh, a Sarasota citizen. A Sarasota citizen is a good tongue twister. Um, okay. So that I could personally go to the polls and beckon Mike Flynn to watch over my shoulder as I as I voted blue, no matter who, down the line. God damn it, man. Just, I'm going to go and write in Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, (gasps) Bill, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Chelsea Clinton. (laughs) George George Soros. Uh, The squad, uh, everybody he hates. And, and just down the line, just down the line. I want to watch his face as I, as I fill those bubbles in very, very thoroughly. I'm going to fill in those bubbles with a request for an assistance 
suicide uh, <laughs> that I maybe put out of my misery and no longer have to deal with these idiotic stories. I would go. I would also. Get- I would like. To- Mike Flynn. I would go down uh, all the way to the bottom, and then when it says, you know, write in your candidate, I would start to write Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, and then I'd look over my shoulder and go, oh, that was a mistake. Erase it. Senator Bernard Sanders. Sorry for the mistake, General. My bad. A large sniper rifle trained directly at (laughs) I pull the trigger, the bullet enters He is I have Mike Flynn. I've I saw I've seen the commercial for the mobile game that you're that you're talking about. I am talking about reality no. in which I am saying I am going to <laughs> the ex general Michael Flynn. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Julian. Yeah, All yeah. Right. Julian's gonna Julian's about to get nicked at a fucking Hardee's in a, in a couple yeah, days. Yeah, right. Here. So all of that is bad news. And uh, but now before we go today. Um, I want to address the strange uptick in false claims and conspiracies that I've seen from the liberal side of Twitter. I'm not drawing a false equivalence. Like, there aren't people who are, like, you know, raiding a Dairy Queen and the, with a gun and a, and a clown wig in the name of Hillary Clinton or anything like that. But there's sure. been a lot of weird disinformation. So one of the claims that got a lot of traction is that in 2002, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene auditioned in Los Angeles for the first season of American Idol under the pseudonym Stephanie Sugarman. Uh, There was a video being passed around of Stephanie Sugarman's audition, and I have to admit, uh, she does look a lot like a young Greene. My name is Stephanie Sugarman. I'm from Altaloma, California. My biggest worry right now is uh, telling my work how I'm going to miss Monday. (laughs) Calling sick. Sorry, boss. Now it's time for our energetic dancer, Stephanie Sugarman. Let's hope her boss isn't watching. How are you? Great. Good. Okay, what do you do? I'm in marketing for cheese. I sell provolone and mozzarella. If you had to recommend a cheese for Randy to put on his hamburger, what would you suggest? (laughs) Lazzari! Of course, you know, right off the bat, lots of problems with the, with the claim. Obviously, Marjorie Taylor Greene didn't work in marketing for cheese. She worked in construction for her dad's business, and she basically lived in Georgia her entire life. So why is she auditioning in L.A.? So I don't know. She's turning a lot of words into Swiss cheese. <laughs> yeah. Kill me. You know, I thought, you know, it was like, well, I thought, well, maybe, maybe, you know, she lied about her age and then she hid her thick Georgia accent and she made this totally alternate sort of like persona for herself to audition for American Idol. I tried looking into it and I, I discovered that there is a real Stephanie Sugarman from Altaloma, California, according to public records. And uh, I discovered that Marjorie Taylor Greene wasn't even eligible to audition for the first season of American Idol uh, since she was 27 at the time. The maximum permitted age was 24. And again, it doesn't really make sense. Like the, the American Idol auditions, it passed through Georgia. So it didn't even make sense for someone in Georgia to audition in L.A. Nothing about this added up. So I, I tweeted about why this is bullshit. And then that's that's why my tweets are now linked to in the American Idol wiki. Oh, oh. excellent. Very yeah. important. A huge win for you, Travis. Yeah, right. I, I, I saw. I remember when this was tweeted and it, it was so sad because there was like a bunch of people, you know, a, a bunch of skeptical, you know, we love, we, we, we love our skeptical people uh, in the replies, <laughs> you know, saying like, I don't think that's her. I, I really don't. And, and the original guy was like, it definitely is. It definitely is. And all of these people are just like, yep, that's absolutely her because they wanted it to be her so bad. And it's like, isn't her own tomfoolery like enough? 
enough to make fun of her? Like, why do we all? Wh- why is it so important that she also, you know, embarrassed herself with a kind of e- eccentric audition on uh, this? That that audition would have been the least offensive thing that Marjorie Taylor Greene ever did in her life, a- and yet, you know, even at long after it was disproven, and somebody in the in the replies wrote like, uh, "No, here's here's the article uh, debunking it." You know, the original poster was like, "Lol." Yeah, it's it's like the the emotion the emotion is more important than the inf than the actual information. Yeah, like as, yeah. as as long as that's all we have left. Yeah, as long as like it felt good to you know dunk on on green. It actually doesn't matter if if an article came out uh you know saying that this is patently false. Don't you know we can reach across the aisle and hate fact checkers? <laughs> it's uh. Yeah, and it did. It did seem like there was there was kind of a sentiment that 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 the fucking you know the the party pooper Travis views of the world came into the replies and and ruined their fun. I did yeah. get I did get a lot of that. It's like oh, it's like people who like recognize that like you know I was basically right. It's like oh, why do you have to ruin our fun, Travis? And that's a, that's a fine reaction as long as you like recognize that like you know that is there's really no evidence to support the claim. So if you feel disappointed. That's fine, but you know, it's like the the problem is is that you avoid being disappointed by sticking with your original belief because you want it to be true. That's the real problem. If you're doing this for fun, I just you know, Jesus Christ. But I'm sure you can find another hobby. Here's, here's my thing. A lot of these people they think they're trying to stick it to Green by embarrassing her, but really you're just digging up like a 20 year old video from a woman who has moved on, is married, and is doing other things, and maybe like you know thinks about the audition once in a while. You're 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 basically dunking on a regular person now, you know, who's probably much more mature than she was uh, when she did that audition. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think she's still doing dances like this and talking about cheese to her family. Okay. Well, you don't know that for sure, Julian. Well, I'm making the claim. <laughs> the other thing is, you're right. It's like, of like, hey, you know, if, oh, Green has done a lot of like bizarre things. She, for example, claimed that Hillary Clinton murdered JFK Jr. You know, uh, she she said she has said a lot of like really bizarre things that are, I think, are way more embarrassing than auditioning for American Idol. If you're auditioning for American Idol, you're at least putting yourself out there. You're following your dreams. It may fall flat, but you know what? You're giving it uh, a good try. Nothing wrong with that. But like making all these bizarre claims on the Facebook page to like an audience of a couple hundred people, you know, that's that's a little bit stranger to me. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why do liberals so desperately uh, want her to be caught in this like kind of embarrassing, like endearing, uh, you know, non-fascist moment? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like there are plenty. Why do we want to, to humanize, uh, <laughs> you know, this 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 lady who has caused uh, uh, so much grief, uh, you know, over the past couple of years? It's, it's bizarre to me. I hope nobody finds my American Idol audition. Yeah, Jake also had sex with a, a poly guy who looks like Zangief. Huh? Nothing. The other big theory that seemed to uh, rip through parts of liberal Twitter uh, concerns the recent death of Donald Trump's ex-wife, Ivana Trump. On July 14th, Ivana Trump uh, died due to injuries sustained in a fall at her New York City apartment. You know, at first there were accusations that she was killed because she knew too much, but obviously that was silly, didn't make any sense, and she was, yeah, she was an old frail woman, it's tragic. 
But then a weirder conspiracy theory sort of manifested, and it related to the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago to recover top-secret documents. The accusation is basically that Ivana Trump was cremated, and then Trump stuffed Ivana's casket full of these secret documents so that they could be buried and hidden. As evidence, a lot of Twitter accounts cited the fact that the casket for Ivana Trump was carried by 10 pallbearers, presumably... The theory goes, because it was overloaded with heavy top-secret documents instead of the body of Ivana Trump. But were they dancing to fun music? <laughs> no, no dancing, no dancing uh, pallbearers on this one. One person who tweeted about this claim is the former General Hospital actress Nancy Lee Gran, who said this in a tweet that got over 18,000 retweets. Dear at FBI, I know you don't need advice from a soap star. End it there! End it there! Nope, there's more. But having been in 10 or 10K implausible storylines in my 37 years, may I recommend digging up Ivana? Jesus fucking Christ. Clearly it didn't take 10 pallbearers to carry a liposuction 73-year-old who methinks was in her weight in classified docs. Methinks. Methinks. Yeah, that's always a classy addition. Methinks. Liberals. If you're listening, look, um, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the fact that uh, I, I truly believe that none of you uh, would don a, a clown costume and carry a, a loaded handgun into a Dairy Queen. I am so happy that we are not there, and I don't think we will or could be, given that the proclivity to violence has historically been a right-wing sort of um, escalation. However, this theory is just as batshit as anything that has come out of QAnon. You have to recognize it. The desire, your hatred of Donald Trump and and the desire uh, uh, to pin, uh, you know, these these criminal uh, uh, mastermind sort of uh, uh, plots on him. I, I understand it comes from your hatred and your and and the idea that he could be capable of doing something this dastardly, but the idea that Trump hid classified documents in the casket of his dead ex-wife. <laughs> that That is, as you have to recognize and you have to be honest with yourself, that is just as insane as anything that has come out of the QAnon circle. He could put them in a fire. He could do anything. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Why is that safer than just burning them? It's like, if you want to get rid of the docs, burn them. You don't need to, like, you know... So the theory is that they cremated the body of Ivana Trump, but not the documents? I get it. You want to have fun, too. You saw the QAnon people for four years, you know, talk about, you know, uh, JFK, uh, you know, coming back to life uh, as a as a hat salesman outside of of the Trump rallies. I get it. You watch them have a real good time. You want your fun, too. But we have to police each other in this. (laughs) If if you have uh, friends, you know, who are just asking questions about the uh, the potential documents uh, buried in Ivanka's casket, you, you subtly, please, you have to to subtly suggest that that sounds like something that a QAnon would say. So a couple corrections there, JFK Jr. and Ivana, not Ivanka. Yeah, what uh, what did I say? Uh, JFK and Ivanka. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> maybe I'm not the best person to listen to, but pretend for a moment, just imagine in your head that everything that I just said was actually in Travis's voice, and those two pieces of information, uh, the two names were were uh, were gotten correct. Thank you. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Just wanted to kind of give you extra credibility by doing Thanks. a little bit of whiteout over a I couple of I appreciate names. Yeah, a little bit of the whiteout, scrunch out a couple <laughs> of things, uh, remove a K, uh, add a junior, and uh, there we go. There we go. There was another incident where there was a ton of wild speculation because Trump made a surprise visit to Washington, D.C., um, and there were lots of lots of big accounts like, you know, CNN panelists and stuff who were speculating that he was possibly uh, in D.C. because he was indicted or going to be indicted during an interview with the FBI agent or and something like that. But what wound up being is that like he was uh, being involved in a, uh, I guess, a renovation of his golf course in the area because they're preparing for an event next year. So there was that that was nothing either. And I think that, you know, again, I'm not making a false equivalence. All of these are like, you know. They're like, at worst, like wildly overextended speculation, whereas like, you know, right wing conspiracy theories, they're often a pretext of violence. When you say this person is a a criminal pedophile or the election was stolen, these are Mm -hmm. excuses basically to do horrifying things that and so that's so they're really not equivalent. But I I think I feel like there's a sense that like, oh, my God, Trump may actually uh, be hit hard with something soon. And so there's this. I don't know. People feel a little bit. They're eager. They want to see something happen. So they so they speculate maybe a little bit too far than what the evidence warrants. But they're only they're only uh, they're learning this from the people that they watch on TV. You know, eighty percent of the talking head panels that you see on MSNBC or or uh, you, you know any of these sort of big media organization is a bunch of people speculating on what this could potentially be, what this could potentially mm-hmm. mean. So we are. Are being conditioned to speculate. You know, I don't think it's necessarily the fault of the people. This is we 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 get it from these sources that are you, you know supposedly, you know, news and information when a lot of the time it's speculation and it, and it's opinion sort of presented as fact. If you're waiting for the indictments on either side, the indictments here and it's of America <laughs> as the stupidest <laughs> most broken country in the goddamn and, world. And to top it off, Julian and Travis, the reality of the Trump golf meeting is actually uh, worse in a case. It's for these live golf events or whatever that is funded and put on by Saudi Arabia. Like it's there. There's there's plenty of shit to dig into there. Uh, you know, it's it and that and that's right there for the plucking. You can you can look up who sponsors these golf tournaments and uh, uh, you know which which Saudi Arabian uh, investors and politicians are backed behind it. There's plenty of stuff there you know just going like oh yeah like oh yeah sure like to discuss renovations like on a golf course with no clubs like this is tony soprano everybody wants to live through the television shows uh, that have narrated our culture when the actual reality like might be even worse than just this generalized mobster meeting on the greens you know the golf uh, tournament, by the way, ends in a putting competition in which the ball goes up a ramp, flies off the ramp, and hits two model buildings oh, that then collapse on. into themselves. Oh, boy. Thank you, you had to make Arabia. it dark. You had to make it real dark. Yeah, right? Yes, that is my job. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. When you sub, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent. We've got a website, QAnonAnonymous.com, where you can find links to everything we mentioned uh, in our last little plug session. And I think with that, I'm going to ask Travis to say the magic words and shuffle us off the mortal coil of listening to this specific episode. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto cue. I said, you know, you guys, I said, are you going to arrest me? I said, I've been asking for you guys. This will make international, this will make national news. And they go, no, no, we're not going to arrest you. I'm going, well, then what do you want? And they go, we're going to ask you some questions. So they start asking me these questions about uh, Colorado, about Dominion Machine, Colorado, um, when, when, uh, Tina Peters and uh, J- Doug Frank. And They're asking you there. about Doug Frank? Yeah, Doug Frank. They go, how long have you known Doug Frank? And I go, I met him at the, uh, I met him at the uh, at the Lindale, or I mean at the at uh, when we filmed Absolute Interference. First time I ever met him, and I told the FBI guy, says, you guys probably already know this. I said it's when we filmed Absolute Interference, but it was so good. I said we got to stop the presses, and we made scientific proof. So anyway. I started drilling them. I go, how come you guys don't ask me questions about Dennis Montgomery's data so we can get this charade over with? I said, are, I said, can you get me to the January 6th corruption? I said, I volunteered to go there. And they go, Mike, this is our, we're talking about Colorado. Stan, you know, they wanted to keep me focused, right? Were, were, go, any of them, were any of them cracking a smile? Did any of them say? Oh, yeah, 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 they were the one, the one guy. I mean, these guys were, I want to say this for the record, they were, they were pretty nice guys, okay?